I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Roar, growl, snarl, bellow. Welcome to Paleo Bites, the podcast that's dorkier than a dinosaur with dentures. My name's Matthew Dahl, and each week I had a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by a longtime college friend of mine, uh, guest host on my other show, The Ritwits, two times over, and uh, all around good gal. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. No, she's good. Uh, Christina <laughs> Franklin, how are you? <laughs> Oh, glad to be here and glad that somebody's in a good mood, even though we just woke up. Yes, hi, how are you? I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going to add that. Out. Hi, kid. I don't want to go too into, technical, too into personal details. Yeah. Well, he's only three months old, so. Right, but I just don't want to make him like a target. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Okay, so hi, hi, kid, Franklin. Franklin Jr. <laughs> Franklinette. <laughs> That would actually have to be the girl, but... It's not... Yeah, okay. It, because uh, if just, you think about it, Smurfette is the only Smurf that has... You're right. At the end okay, of the game. So, so just Frank. Okay. <laughs> All right. If I, if I may be perfectly frank. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So I guess the question, based on... If you had to introduce uh, your kid, Mr. Frank, whatever his name actually is, uh, if you had to introduce him to a dinosaur... Uh, how and why? Well, not how. No, how and which one? Hmm. Keep in mind, he is three months old, so probably not a velociraptor. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Okay, I am going to go with, I don't remember what type it is. Okay. But... I'm thinking Land Before Time. All right. Like the main one? Like the long neck? No. Not not Littlefoot. Not Littlefoot, okay. 
or his girlfriend. Is, are they boyfriend girlfriend? They're pretty much rivals. Which... Littlefoot has a girlfriend in one of the later movies. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I thought you were talking about Sarah. And I'm like, they're not no. boyfriend girlfriend. No. <laughs> they are like fire and water. Well, oil and water. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Originally, Sarah was supposed to be male, but uh, George uh, Lucas was actually the guy who suggested that she be female, and therefore making a very rare male-female rivalry in children's media at the time. So, Yeah, I'm still trying to decide if that made it better or not. I think it's cool that it didn't really matter. That she, yeah. That it's just, it's, that's kind of progressive on its own, that the character could have been male or female and been exactly the same. Especially way back then. Yeah, so. Uh, but I'm not thinking Petrie. Ducky. Um, Yes, Ducky. Yes. All right, that's, uh, okay, it's actually, it's a matter of contention what species she is, because uh, some people say she's a Parasaurolophus, which would make sense because it's four, it's five stock dinosaurs, like very famous dinosaurs. You've got a Patasaurus, Stegosaurus, Triceratops, hi, kid, <laughs> uh, and a Pteranodon. Mm-hmm. But then the problem is her mother, when you see Ducky's mother, she doesn't look a lot like a Parasaurolophus, and in fact looks a lot more like a more obscure one, Sauralophus. Well, see, and then you have who she calls little brother, Spike. Yeah, who's, who's, a, so much who's bigger than her. Well, it's, she's, he's supposed to be a Stegosaurus, even though he doesn't have the plates yet or the spikes, but right. he's supposed to be a but Stegosaurus. He's, just a ba- he's, supposed to just be a ba- he's supposed to just be a baby. Right, exactly. So, yeah, but like, so it's a p- matter of contention. Whether or not she is a Parasaurolophus or a Sauralophus. Ah! Hello. Uh, yep, he has a lot of insights to give to the show. I'm very grateful for that. Apparently he does. Don't worry, I'll mute my uh, mic when I'm not talking. Okay. Um, but so uh, I tend to think that she's actually a Parasaurolophus, even though she doesn't look like one, just because it would make more sense to have a bunch of famous stock dinosaurs rather than four famous ones and then one obscure one. <laughs> and, uh, like... But, I mean, she's so cute. She's so sweet. Yeah. And she's so caring. She is. Yup, yup, yup. I used to go around saying that all the time. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely definitely her. Okay, so you introduce uh uh your kid to Ducky and Ducky being the sweetheart that she is would probably give him a big hug. Yeah. And he would give a big old smile cuz he usually gives huge yeah. smiles when someone hugs him. I'm not sure how big they're supposed to be. Like the the young ones, I think they're probably about the size of human children, if not a little bit smaller. So well, that just makes it even better. Yeah. So yeah, Ducky probably would would be about the same size as your kid, if not a little smaller. So. <laughs> oh, but she would love him. Yep, indeed. Uh, all right. So uh, on a completely different note, we're talking about. Uh, a creature, you because you like cats, and we've already done the famous, <laughs> the most famous prehistoric cat, Smilodon, the saber-toothed cat. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted to bring in you because I, I I have this idea to make an X series of paleo bites, just a bunch of uh, not not like the last episode we talked about, <laughs> not X-rated. <laughs> yeah, but uh, not like anthrop- start with X. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And if it goes well. I'll even do an X-squared series where we talk about creatures that begin with X, but 
but also have a second X in their genus name. There's quite a few of these. Like, wow. like Jing Zhuilong and Zixiosaurus. That's fascinating. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's just. Uh, this, uh, like, prehistoric creature names are the best. Like, what do we have nowadays? You know, like, the, the scientific name of... The full scientific name of the American bison is bison, bison, bison. Screw that noise. <laughs> See, now all we need to do is uh, find one that is similar to xylophone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Xylosaurus. <laughs> I wonder um, if you could actually uh, play a, a song on its scales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I've seen a lot of jokes in, like, cartoons, whatever. Well, what, no, was it Little Mermaid, where that uh, one lobster or something is playing a crocodile or something's teeth? Or a fish's Sebastian. teeth? Sebastian, yes. Yeah. Well, is it Sebastian, or is it just a background animal in the during the under-the-sea thing, where they're mm. just playing xylophone or something on a creature's teeth? It was probably another creature in the background, but I believe that Sebastian did on, like, I don't know that it was a clam, but there was something that Sebastian drummed on, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't remember. I just saw Little Mermaid not too long ago with a friend of mine, so I have no excuse. <laughs> I guess it's time to, bu to bust it back out. I have no excuse either. I've got three kids. Disney Plus. Do you have Disney Plus? Yep. Cool. Just finished, just finished watching Moana with the 15-month-old. Mo Moana's so good. <laughs> I like Moana. I don't... Like I love the music. Da 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 I don't know the words. Best part is the very very end. Yeah, the very very end. After the credits where uh Oh yeah, the where the giant crab is like, if I had a was red and had a Jamaican accent. You you totally help me. You would, you know you would. Yep. Yep indeed. Uh but anyway, so we're talking about Xenosmilus. Is another more obscure saber-toothed cat. The type is the type. The family's technical term is a macherodont, uh, which is a sub subfamily of cats that include the saber-toothed variety. There are no living macherodonts. Uh, most of the big cats of today are in the Pantheridae family. So, um, uh, the size five to five point five to six feet slash one point seven to one point nine meters long. 500 to 880 pounds, or 225 to 400 kilograms. It was a carnivore, obviously. I mean, look at those teeth. <laughs> uh, time, mid to late Pleistocene. One, 1. 1.8 to 300,000 years ago. So pretty recent, relatively speaking. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Not the most recent animal we've done uh, on this show. Uh, Mammothus, which is the scientific name for the woolly mammoth. Do you know how recent the woolly mammoth got? Like, it lived long after the Ice Age. Well, it, it, that's kind of the purpose of its fur, that we, I would think. Yeah, but when the Ice Age ended, it lasted a bit longer in, like, Siberia. Uh, the last woolly mammoth, we think, died 3,800 years ago. Oh, wow. So that means that when the pyramids of Giza were built, there were still mammoths on the Earth. Oh, wow. That puts it into perspective. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird to think about? <laughs> So, wow. yeah, but no, this is still pretty recent. Uh, location, Florida is when the fossils were found. Florida, USA. Yeah, 1983. Oh, uh, really? You had 1983? I thought it was 2000. Hold on, let me check my sources. No, I've got one that says 1983, but some sources say 1981. Hold on. I, I, I believe you. I'm sure I, I, 
I'll, I'm sure I misread it. Let me see. And it says 1994, the fossils were examined, and it was decided that the cats were of an entirely new genus. That's directly from Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so I think, yeah, so it was a lot of times when you've discover an animal, it's described a lot later. So it was the, if the first fossils were found in 1983, it, the, they were examined in 1994, which is, I don't know what you were doing with them for 11 years. <laughs> but, yeah, the, you would think that it would take a lot less time, but then again, they probably didn't have as much information at that time. Right, right, indeed. Um, but, uh, so, but, uh, it, I have here, uh, on the area where it says genus, it says Xenosmilus, and it says it was first described then on t- in 2000. So even after they examined it in 1994, it wasn't officially described <laughs> until 2000. So, But yeah, what I see here is like, if it was examined in 1994, they only decided then that they were of an entirely new genus. Yeah. So they still didn't know a whole lot about it. So it, they probably took those extra, what, eight years? Yeah. To see what what they could determine from what they saw. Right. I, I get that it's a it's a it's a fee, it's a very technical field or you want to know everything you can, but I would personally think I'd be excited, like, oh this is new stuff, I want to examine it right now. <laughs> well they they might have. Right. It takes a while to learn new things like that. Yeah. I, I've I've said uh uh before that I would be a terrible paleontologist. As much as I like dinosaurs, I would be so bad at paleontology because I'm very inobservant. Like I, I, whenever someone's like at work is like, can you get me that thing from that counter? I'm like, what counter? I'm like, right over there. Where? It's right next to that thing. I don't see it. It's literally right in front of you. I don't know. I can't find it. I, I am so bad at that. But all of paleontology is like, oh, there's like a little bit of a, a minor difference in the in the structural part of the cranial sector of the front front frontal cortex. And I'm like, I don't know that. I can't tell that. <laughs> See, I wonder how many times a paleontologist has seen such tiny differences, and the differences were from uh, erosion of the bones. Right, that happens. I mean, I wonder how many of these, how many of each new species, I wonder how many of them were actually just the same as another, just... Well, this happens quite a bit. Like, there are some species that some paleontologists think are actually not uh, separate species, but actually the babies or subadults of an already existing species. Right, not fully developed. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, it's been a point of controversy, to say it that way. <laughs> I don't know why I want to say it that way. 
of because uh, it's fun. Uh, yeah, it is fun. Of the, have you ever heard of the dinosaur Pachycephalosaurus, the big with the, yes. one, the big domed head? Okay, there are two other species uh, that are that have um, been decided by paleontologist Jack Horner are its are actually its subadult and uh, juvenile forms, uh, respectively, Stiggy Moloch and Dracorex. Oh wow, that one has a fun name. Dracorex, you don't even know the half of it. Dracorex's species name is Hogwartsia. It means Dragon King of Hogwarts. That is awesome. It's called that because if you look at its skull, it has a lot of spikes on the back mm -hmm. of its head. And it looks like a dragon. Like, But does J.K. Rowling know about this? Oh, yeah. There's an article of where she was like, this is like one of the most unexpected... Uh, things I, I I had ever gotten since the publication of Harry Potter, and he she said that she actually likes paleontology more than some people might think. Like her daughter is very into Utah Raptor and other stuff, and like other things. Like and she she imagined it as a slightly she said she imagined it as a slightly less pyromaniac Hungarian horntail. I can see that. Yeah, but. Jack Great. Horner decided to ruin everyone's fun and be like, oh, actually, it's uh, it's the uh, subadult of Pachycephalosaurus. To which I say, no, because why did it lose those spikes on its head when it got older? That doesn't make any sense. Well, and for anyone who doesn't get the references that we made, they need to stop and go watch the uh, Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, exactly. Oh, everyone knows Harry Potter. Harry that, Potter. That was, that was what, in Goblet of Fire? Yeah, it was Goblet of Fire, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I've gotten into that. Actually, I have three separate episodes on Pachycephalosaurus, Dracorex, and Stiggy Moloch. <laughs> because yeah. I think they are their own species. Mostly just because of their cool name, but also because of some other things. Like, they, their heads looked way too different for it to have grown from one to the other. Mm. Yeah, so Xenosmilus might be one of those, but who knows. Uh, anyways, where was I? I forgot exactly where I was. <laughs> Oh, two, oh, that's right. Describe 2000 pop culture appearances, Paleobites X series, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we were. Yeah. Man, that was a hell of a tangent. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. A fun uh, one, though. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Xenosmilus was a medium sized saber toothed cat, similar to Macherodus and Amphimacherodus. <laughs> uh, speaking of Pachycephalosaurus, it's kind of like Pachycephalosaurus and the separate species, Micropachycephalosaurus. It's just another species with a different uh, prefix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the biggest saber-toothed cat by far, though, was Smilodon, specifically the suggestive-sounding species, Smilodon populator. It's actually That's actually what its name is, Smilodon populator, but it looks like <laughs> populator. Oh, my goodness. Which, it's not only got big, but got busy, based on that name. <laughs> You sure they don't have rabbit ears? <laughs> they might. Good on you, <laughs> populator. <laughs> uh, before the discovery of Xenosmilus, all the previously described saber-toothed cats were one of two categories. the What's called dirk-toothed cats, which had long canines and stout legs, and the scimitar-toothed cats, which had slightly shorter but broader canines and long legs. Xenosmilus, however, have a combination of both. It had shorter, broader canines and stout, muscular legs. Which made me think it was a real power player in the saber-toothed cat family. Well, I see that it has a nickname. Yeah, I, I get to that down here in my stuff yeah. here. 
Yeah, but anyway, so this is like a real power player in the Sympathy Cat family. Like, I may be smaller and more and than my more famous and apparently uh, more fertile Smilodon cousin, but I've got but I've got powerful legs and bit thick broad sabers, so don't mess with me. I wouldn't mess with it anyways. But Xenosmilus, like you said, is a nickname. It's also sometimes known as the Cookie Cutter Cat. Uh, be because they were bakers. Apparently, but also it's because of the way its canines and incisors functioned, allowing it to bite its prey and then run off, waiting it for to bleed out, which I really wouldn't want to mess with this. Or any, or any cat, really. I've really always been more of a dog person. Well, apparently they also weren't suited to uh, going after prey quickly. That makes sense. Especially with the short legs. Right. You see the picture, though, there that's on Zelodon, Xenosmilus, and Glyptodon? Yeah. You know what? That, that is an armadillo relative that's like the size of a car. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, those things were massive, and if it was trying to prey on that thing, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, uh, so now we're at everyone's favorite part of the show. We rate the animal 1 out of 65 million. Uh, I, I'm going to rate it maybe a little bit higher than you might think, just because it's a saber-toothed cat with a genus name that begins with X. And that's really cool. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually. Go ahead. I, I'm gonna rate it probably like forty million or forty-five million. So. I'm actually gonna go fifty million because oh. a lot of people like to eat pig, and the bones of a type of pig native to North America have actually been found with Xenospilus fossils. Right. That's right. Peccaries is what it says here. Yeah. yeah. So they actually ate pork. Nice. You were late. So they, so they, so they ate bacon too. They ate bacon, and you always like cats, so. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. Fifty million. All right. Cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think I recognize most of this episode. We were talking about uh, Harry Potter and stuff, and not <laughs> about Xenosmilus. But hey, what can you do? We uh, got back on track. Eventually, yes. Uh, that's it for this week, though. You can get a hold of the show. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact us at MattD at MatthewDonnerCreator.com. You can find me at social media, at MatthewDonnerCreator on Facebook, at MatthewDon64 on Twitter, and MatthewDon64 on Instagram. Uh, you can contact me. You can contact... Uh, I, can, you can, I can relay messages to contact any of our co-hosts, like Christina here. Uh, and if you're interested in writing, I have another podcast called The Ritwits, where two twits, occasionally three, like you, talk about ridding. <laughs> Fun to be on. Awesome it, to listen. It is. Thank you very much. Uh, if you're interested in reading, I have a series on Me Amazon, Megazoic. Four books long. Uh, all four of them are available on Amazon for print and Kindle. Don't wait. It's worth it. Yeah. So you trust it from, I was about to say the source, but I'm the source. So <laughs> trust it from a friend of the source who's not biased who at all. Who has actually read the first book and is working on the others. Yay. Good to Raising. hear. Thanks. Amid raising kids and yeah, you know it's difficult balancing motherhood and other stuff. So I'm very grateful you're able to do these episodes with me, though. Hey, as I've always told you. Yes. You ask me, I'm there. Yay! Uh, soon we're gonna rob a bank. I'm gonna make take use make use of that. Okay, I draw the line there. Okay, good to know. Okay. <laughs> and no murders either. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take off the uh, robbing the planetarium off the list here soon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's it for this week. And as we say at the end of every episode, oh wait, well, say your your cat fact, the meow one. Which oh, apparently cats 
never meow at other cats. It's just a, to get the attention of humans. <laughs> it's to... They'll hiss at other cats, but they will never meow at another cat. It's always to get a human's attention, mm. even if they're looking at another cat when they're meowing. Interesting. So we, based on that, we can rule out uh, Xenosmilus meowing because they... they uh, Humans first, modern Homo sapiens evolved 200,000 years ago, which is 100,000 years after Xenosmilus, so sorry. No yeah, meowing. Yeah, but they will meow at other other creatures, other animals. Ah, uh, okay, I guess. Well. It, well, in that case, meow, meow, I'm a Xenosmilus, meow. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.